What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rico's Watches podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, uh, someone who's quite well known in the uh, watch community and has a very special niche uh, in, in what he does in the watch community. And that's my uh, my good friend, Nick, from Ad Patina. How's it going today, Nick? Hey, Eric. I'm good, man. I'm happy to uh, be on your podcast. Um, you got a lot of great interviews you've done over the years, so really uh, honored to be included in the bunch. And uh, yeah, it's good to good to see you and, and have you sort of in the workspace a little bit uh, here. Well, it's been kind of a long time coming. I know we've been chatting back and forth, I'd say probably for the better part of a year about kind of lining something up and making something happen. And, and I'm glad we finally did. And you know, you've over the last, you know, couple of years, particularly, but I mean, really, it's I think you've been at this since about 2017. You, you've just absolutely had this meteoric rise in the watch world about what you're offering and the services you're offering. And, you know, we'll get into that more specifically shortly here. But it's just, you're sort of like a like a little celebrity in the watch world here. I don't think there's anybody in, in the watch world that doesn't know about what you're doing, or, you know, even the bigger publications have featured you and things like that. So, I mean, really, it's, it's, it's the honors all mine to have you on the show, man. It's, it's really, really cool to be able to sit down and talk with, with you today. Well, thank you for Thank you for that introduction. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it since 2017. I started um, probably a little before my our son was born. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know five and change and starts kindergarten next week. So uh, it's it's um, you know time flies with him and uh, time flies you know doing what I do with the ads. Um, you know, I'm able to. I was reminiscing the other day because someone had posted on Instagram a framing that I did back in the early days like late 2018 early 2019 and just to think about it just hits you like wow I've been doing this for a while and obviously I have lots of stories and experience and um it's been a crazy ride and uh you know happy to report that all's going well um that the the interest in the ads is really strong and uh you know obviously I love the ads and I love all aspects of them from hunting to um just designing a framing around an ad, finding it a good home, uh, you know, shipping, answering questions. There's just, I juggle so many aspects of the business and it's, it's very, uh, it's very time consuming, but it's, it's not work. You know, it's, it's, it's just part of my life. Watches have been part of my life for a long, long time. And, um, and it's really nice to do what I do now. It's kind of come full circle and I'm able to kind of participate in the watch um, space on my terms. Um, and, you know, the ads tie back into my story, how I got into watches, how I got hooked on watches. And, uh, you know, so personally, it's just, you know, I found my calling, um, not only working with the ads, but again, getting to do all the different, um, you know, responsibilities uh, that, that are required to, to, to do a good job. Um, so it sounds like you're really like a one-man operation, but you know, I don't want to get into kind of the details of all that. But you've touched on a couple of things in the last couple of minutes here, and I just wanted to get into. It. But first of all, what do you have on your wrist? Because I feel like that's very interesting. People have to wonder what a guy like you is going to wear on your wrist when you're doing this kind of important work for the community. So I am a very um, boring watch person. Um, so uh, I'm wearing Explore Two, so it's like a, a 16. Beautiful. Uh, 570 it's from 99 it's a swiss only dial um you know watch watch people like the details um but i bought this a dozen years ago i bought it from yasek who at that time worked at milton um you know that's a real 
uh, watch celebrity, not me. <laughs> By the way, uh, I appreciate you, uh, you know, putting me on that plat that pedestal. But um, you know, I'm just I'm just Nick. I'm a dad, and I love watches and, and ads, and I you know love interacting with people, and you know. But uh, anyways, yeah, I bought this um, a dozen years ago, and um, and you know, my, my thing with watches, obviously, I've been influenced. We all have, you know. We, we there's a lot of good that um that I've been able to um get out of Instagram, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's it, it can be a wonderful um, place. It can be a crazy place. It can be stressful, especially when you run a business. And you know, Instagram's a bit um you know has a plays a part in, in your business success but um but yeah uh so i you know i i like to wear one watch all the time i don't mm -hmm. switch one um i don't i don't ever wear straps um that's not my style um i'm very boring like i said so like this watch has just never been off a bracelet um uh and so um so this watch I wear right now um, for two months straight. So at the first of the month, I, I pick a watch and I wear it every single day, morning, noon, and night, doing everything, mowing the grass, giving my kids a bath, working, doing what I do with Ad Patina, traveling. Hmm. You know, do doesn't matter. I wear the watch. Um, so this I'll wear for two months straight. So I put this one on um, July 1st. So I'll change it again on September 1st. And so I typically wear my watches in two to three month rotation. So 60 days, 90 days. And, and that goes back to my story, how I got into watches. It was, it was, it was in 1998 when I bought my first Rolex. Mm. And so that's a long time ago, um, literal in like literal, like 24 plus years. And also in, in the watch space, that's like, you know, a lifetime ago. Um, and I, you know, I'm a very nostalgic person and, and I love to reminisce again about, about, you know, the past in those days. And, uh, and so getting this watch back then, it was about buying one nice object that I saved up for that I could have my whole life, take through life's ups and downs, put it on my wrist. I could rely on it, count on it. It wouldn't let me down. It was a tough watch. Um, you know, there's other reasons I wanted, I focused on a, a zeroed in on a Rolex, but, you know, certainly one of the reasons was, um, one of the selling points was just this, this, this object that would hold up and I could have forever. So when I bought it, you know, I never like, okay, what's the next watch I want? You know, I just, I had my watch, I'm done. And I wore that watch probably exclusive. I mean, I wore that watch exclusively from 98 until, you know, mid two thousands. And so I like, that's an aspect of watches that I, that is my philosophy and that I really love is bonding with your watch, wearing your watch, putting scratches on your watch, taking your watch places, because that's how people used to wear watches. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the things, things are different now. People buy watches for a, a lot of reasons. And, and I do too now, right? Like I don't only buy a watch now. I mean, I, my main decision, I, I do try to only buy watches that I just want to have forever. Whether I have them forever or not is another story, but I go into a purchase with the intent to own that watch forever. Like I wear a watch for two or three months straight. And if, and if I had to extend it for 12 months or two years, that watch, that particular watch I'm wearing during that stretch, I, I could do it for two years, three years, four years, five years. It, it, it checks the boxes. It fits my lifestyle. I love the look story behind it everything and so i do not just like kind of buy watches for fun um i don't buy watches to like to flip um and yeah so 
that's what I'm wearing. And again, I'm kind of boring. I just love to put a watch on and just wear it and just kind of go old school with it. Um, I have um, four Rolex watches. Um, so I have my original that I bought in 98. It's a date just. Um, I have this again, which I bought 12 years ago. Um, and this I bought, it's a special watch because I bought it before, I bought it in 2010, but it was before I knew about Houdinki. Um, I think we all can say that Houdinki's, you know, had a part in our, our thought process, our buying habits. Um, you know, they're a great um, platform. I think they're doing great things today, to be honest, um, for the greater, for the greater, you know, for the greater, um, you know, watch community and, um, but, it, you know, I bought this before I knew, before I had ever read an article. And, um, and I bought this obviously before I was ever on Instagram. So it's really the last watch purchase I ever made before I was, you know, influenced by a watch article, you know, a friend that had a watch. I mean, I didn't have watch friends when I bought this, you know, it was just me and my wife and my job and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I and, uh, and I remember I bought this through a, through a forum on the time zone and, uh, and so, yeah, it's special, obviously, because I, you know, when I bought it, it, it was, it was sort of um, advertised as sort of an unworn watch. Um, it obviously, it came with all the box and papers. It has, it still has the green sticker on it on the back, you know, whether it was truly unworn, because I bought it in 12, uh, 2010. So, you know, it'd been around for 10 years. So whether it was unworn, possible, whether it was polished up a little bit, possible. But to me, when I got it, it had no scratches on it. Mm -hmm every single scratch on this watch I put on the watch and um, that's special you know it's it's um you know there's a lot of reasons um that I love this watch but uh but yeah I have this I have an older version um with the orange hand from the 70s um that I was fortunate to buy locally from the grandson of the original owner um so that happened uh maybe four or five years ago um and then I recently got a 34 millimeter date uh, with a black dial an oyster perpetual date from the early 2000s and that's my first 34 millimeter watch and I have a small wrist. So I was always curious how 34 would fit. And um, it's, it's, it's really great. Um, I do Rolex is my brand because I started with it a long time ago. Um, I just, again, I've really only worn that brand on my wrist and oyster bracelet. So I'm just very comfortable with that feel and that look and that aesthetic um, and, uh, and my lifestyle, you know, I, I have a, I feel like I, I don't have a, uh, I have a, I'm, I have a, I'm hard on my watches. You know, I don't wear a suit and tie. I have kids. Mm -hmm. I'm doing stuff around the house, chores, you name it. So a Rolex just really fits my lifestyle because it's a tough watch. You know, it's a, it's a luxurious watch, but it's also can handle a lot of stuff that life throws at it. And uh, so I, I just love the idea that I could put on my Rolex and do anything and not worry at all. Um, that's just a, a good peace of mind that I have. Um, I do want to own more watches. I do want to own other brands. Um, and you know, that stuff will come in time. You know, I honestly, through the ads, I get to own a lot of watches and it sounds really silly, but you know, these ads to me are so special and they don't make them anymore. And they're unique. Um, and they're unique in the sense that they're all built different, right? Um, you know, there's so many different Submariner ads, for example. Um, but interacting with these ads on a daily basis and, and the people who, who enjoy them, you know, whether it's a like on Instagram or somebody reaching out to me with a question or somebody buying something, you know, whether they're interested in a Zodiac ad or an Omega ad or a Patek ad or, um, you know, a Hoyer ad. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, 
it's like I have watched get togethers with people all the time. You know, it's like, it, it, and, and for me, I don't know, I get my fill of, of watch collecting through the ads. So I, I don't have, a, uh, I have a lot of wants, but I don't have any needs. You know, if, my, if, if it stopped today for me, like, I mean, even through the course of wearing this, you know, since July 1st, you know, I'll be in the car driving and I'll look at it and I'll be like, yeah, I could just have this and wear it the rest of my life and be absolutely satisfied and happy. Um, because the watch just resonates, you know, the watch speaks to me, the ethos of the watch, the spirit of the watch, just, you know, the model, the character, the look, the way I bought, the way I got it, just the history I have with it. Um, you know, there's something special and not everybody has this and it's okay because some people just haven't been into watches as long as I have. Some people have been into it longer, but and it, there's just something I can speak from experience. There's something special about owning a watch like my date trust that I've had it for 24 years. And, you know, there's something special about that. I don't know. It, you just don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get it. Sometimes you don't get it until you had it for a while and you, and you know what I mean? But um, I think it's tough today. So many were, were tempted to, to get watches all the time. So I am, you know, I was at the wind up fair here in Chicago recently and there's so many great brands. Um, there was a Zodiac that somebody had on that was like a, a collaboration that I think they did with Warren and Wow. And they had all these speckles and colors and it was so bright and fun. And it was beautiful. Like I, I made the person take it off and I took a picture and I posted it, but it's like, you know, that's, that's kind of a fun watch. And I guess I'm not as fun of a person, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's, I can't just have all these watches, you know, I just like to stick to the core stuff that I just, like I, that Zodiac is a fun watch, but I just, I don't know. I, I always revert back to these staples that are just like the, the bread and butter watches that could be the only watch. I think you've been able to mature and, and refine your taste through the adverts and also just over the years to know what you like and what you're actually going to use and rely on. And I think that's sort of part of becoming a mature collector in this space. This just, you know, you realize a, you can't have them all and B that, you know, you, you figure out what you like. And once you figured that out, it really cuts out probably 90% of the fluff that's out there because you're not going to be interested in it. It's like, yeah, it's cool. Or yeah, that's interesting. Or yeah, that's beautiful. But it's not for me because I know realistically the type of life I live and it wouldn't fit well into that life. And I think when you have a stable of four Rolexes already, I think that's a pretty awesome and complete collection to, to begin with. Some people will say it's redundant. You know, you have to have an Omega. You have to mm. have, you know, and. And, and I want these, I, I do want some of these brands and I get tempted all the time. I see things in ads and I'm like, oh man, that's 90 Seamaster looks so good. I totally wear that. That's a great watch. It's a good price. I could find, probably find a nice one on eBay. Um, and so, yeah, I appreciate a lot of watches. I love people's enthusiasm and passion for a variety of watches. And I kind of live vicariously through, through people I know. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm me and, you know, I'm going to evolve and change a little bit, but I'm also old enough to kind of be stuck in my ways a little bit too. Um, it's awesome to hear a lot about like, you know, the guy behind the brand, but let's talk a little bit about the brand as well. Like, so how did, you know, this love and passion for watches that you, you've talked about developing all the way back into the nineties, how did that translate into you starting Ad Patina? Like what were those early days of Ad Patina like, and what sort of led you to, to want to do this? Yeah, so I, um, I'm trying to think how to answer this. That's, you know, I don't, I'm not going to take an hour just answering one question. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, you know, noticed ads in magazines a long time ago, probably the mid 90s. That was one way to um, encounter watches. Mm -hmm. you know, we have a lot of ways that watches 
you know, hit us today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be watching a press conference of a basketball game and, you know, they're right there, you know, something Rainbow Daytona, you know, and you know what it is. But, but you know, back in the 90s, it was a little different. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would be I would uh, be aware of watch ads. I would go, you know, for example, um, you know, I, I tell this story, go into like, uh, you know, go to the dentist for a checkup. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the waiting room. You know, you don't have a cell phone to flip through back then. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, I don't know, 13 or 14. There aren't even cell phones. Uh, but uh, so you have magazines. So you're just opening up a Sports Illustrated. You're opening up, um, you know, National Geographic. And, um, you know, inevitably there are Rolex ads because they're very prolific. You know, it's definitely a brand that probably advertises the most. Um, and they have a lot of compelling ads, you know, ads with adventurers and professionals and athletes, uh, you know, individuals that are, you know, marketing, helping to market this watch as an indispensable tool uh, and I was very impressionable. And obviously, um, you know, the ads worked, you know, mm-hmm. for, that was one reason I got hooked on Rolex. You're seeing this endorsement. And, um, but also uh, I grew up as a, my mom, my mom raised me. So um, single parent and uh, she had a girlfriend who was married to a gentleman who had his own business and uh, he was successful and they had a beautiful home and lots of nice, you know, luxurious, you know, cars and, uh, you know, amenities and um and i for some reason you know when we would visit um it was like a big deal to visit them because again it was kind of like going to this palace you know um my mom and i you know had a very you know you know modest uh, upbringing you know my mom worked a lot of office jobs and you know i went to work at a grocery store when i was like 15 to try to make some money um but uh we would visit on holidays or just you know random random days and um it was a big thing uh i always look forward to it and one thing i always at some at some age i i zeroed in on um um his wife uh her name was Lindsay, and she would um she'd be washing the dishes um and i always noticed i tell this story because it's really important uh she had you know you know red red fingernails you know, nice manicured fingernails. She had really nice jewelry on, like rings and, um, you know, bracelets. And, and she had a gold uh, lady date just. And it was a lady date just that was in gold that had um, emeralds and diamonds. So it was a very, you know, something, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but um, I, I just honed in on her, her jewelry and just, it just stood out to me. Um, and, uh, you know, over the course of time visiting them, I, I came to understand that, you know, this was something nice that was bought because they were successful. You know, you reward yourself, you work hard. And so, you know, again, that, and, and I got to interact with those watches. Um, you know, the husband had a day date in, in gold and oyster quartz and in, in steel. So I was able to, um, you know, I, my parents did not have Rolex watches. And so this was my opportunity to like, you know, hold it and, and feel this, this timepiece. And, you know, when it's gold day date, it's heavy and it, it had, makes it, it made an impression on me. And I think it was a combination of, you know, visiting them, seeing their lifestyle, seeing maybe, you know, aspiring to be successful and to, and to maybe have some nice things. And plus these ads that I would see, um, I just kind of set a goal to buy one for myself. And, you know, I said, I went to work at a grocery store and, you know, it was minimum wage and I just saved up. Um, so in the meantime, I would, was well, I'm saving up to buy 
a Rolex, I would um, you know, kind of rip the ads out of magazines and tape them on the bedroom wall. And so along with posters, that typical, you know, typical posters teenagers have in their bedroom, you know, I had um, Rolex ads and they were, they, most of them were women's models. I had taped my bedroom wall. So I never like, oh, I want a Submariner. I want a GMT. You know, nowadays we're very focused. We know what we want, right? Like, you know, if you can get a, a Rolex tomorrow, you know, you want a Daytona or Explorer one. And back then I just wanted the, the brand. I just wanted to have a Rolex. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a time, at least for me, where we were, um, you know, focusing on a certain model. And so uh, I had women's um, models, again, on the, on the bedroom wall, just, you know, crudely ripped out of a magazine, scotch taped. I mean, no care at all for the, to protect the, the paper. Um, and I would just see them and it was just a poster, right? Like you put posters of things you want. You know, I had a poster of a Lamborghini, you know, mm. or, you know, just things that are aspirational. And so it just became part of the decor in my room when I was uh, a teenager. And, you know, ultimately I did get a Rolex um, when I was 17. I saved up and was able to get one. And, uh, you know, I never really did anything with the ads for a long time. <laughs> um, and then only recently, again, five years ago, I started I wanted to, um, I had a good run of finding watches. Um, I love to find watches. Like I love to hunt. That's probably why I do what I do because it, there's a lot of hunting required to find these ads. You know, it's a dirty job. You got to communicate with all kinds of people from all over the world, all walks of life, you know, the old people, young people, crazy people, sane people. And I'm sure it's like how a watch dealer, you know, builds their inventory. Um, but, um, but you know, I love the hunt. And, and for a while there in the, I don't know, 2015, 14, 16, I was, you know, had a good run hunting watches like on Craigslist, for example. And, you know, I would meet people in a parking lot and, and give them cash and, you know, very like risky business. But uh, I love that, you know, the thrill of the hunt, you know, chasing something, you know, you almost enjoy that process more than you do the actual watch. Sometimes it wasn't even a watch that I wanted personally. It was just, I knew it was a good watch and I knew somebody would really appreciate this watch because I found a, a Seiko diver in unpolished condition. You know what I mean? And you just want to rescue it before they sell it to a pawn shop or it gets polished. You know, it's like your, your responsibility to go get this watch from this person who doesn't know what they have and let's get it into the right hand so that it's protected because, you know, like, like, like the ads, these watches are finite. You know, once you have this great old watch and you, you tinker with it and polish it and change something, you know, that impacts sometimes the enjoyment or the value. And, um, and around, I guess around 2017, it was getting harder to find watches this way because I don't know, the watch market's heating up, a lot of competition, a lot of people are looking in, on Craigslist. You can't really find things on eBay anymore. Um, things are expensive. It's just been really hard to collect the kind of watches I wanted to collect it the way I wanted to collect them, you know, rather than just buy them from a dealer. Um, I, I just loved, you know, the risk and the hunt. And so it, it just, I don't know, it just, somehow I thought, you know, let me try to find these ads because I needed something to find, right? Like I want, I crave hunting. I want to find something. I want to collect watches. And, you know, I didn't have any ads at home. Maybe I had a couple. I probably had some watch book, watch magazines. And uh, I know ads exist, right? Like we have images in our head of certain ads. Um, I think people do more now because hopefully, you know, the, what, what I've been sharing, you know, people, if, if you had to quiz somebody and say, hey, name 10 Rolex ads, describe them, you know, verbally describe 10 Rolex ads. 
hopefully people could do it now. Whereas maybe before they could only explain like three of them, like, oh, I remember the one with the Concord. Um, so, you know, I knew ads existed and the challenge was, can I find them? Can I actually find the magazine in the magazine, hold it in my hand, this raw page, this real thing, not a reproduction, not um, a scan, not just an image on a computer. Like, does it exist? Is it real? Did somebody make this in Photoshop or is it the actual, you know, actual ad? And, you know, there's no database. There's nobody who can tell you where these things are. So you have to start from scratch, hunting, looking in magazines, um, making mistakes, which I still do to this day. Um, and I think that's where I got back into the ads. Um, I kind of rekindled my relationship with the ads. It became a, a way that I could collect watches um, to make you know, a long story, a little, a lot shorter. Um, and then, you know, I worked in retail and I had a job um, and uh, it, we're in Chicago. So, you know, when you, when you work in retail at a store that's on the street in Chicago in the winter, it's very, um, you know, it's very cold. Mm -hmm. The people don't come in. <laughs> it's not a mall. It's not like heated, uh, heated parking lot or anything. Um, uh, so anyway, I mean, before I get to that, to that, to that part of the story, um, yeah, I was, I was collecting the ads and I was encouraged by a friend to try to sell them. And I was a little hesitant at first. I was like, well, what if I sell this and I can't get it again? Like, you know, I don't want to let it go. Um, but ultimately I decided, you know, I started sharing them on my Instagram. I think I created Ad Patina in 2017, probably just before our son was born. And I just started sharing them and, um, you know, I think I made it known that they were available and people would just DM me and ask questions, you know, how much is it? And I have to just kind of come up with pricing because there's really nobody. I feel like these do have a value and I think they're more valuable than what's on eBay, what people are listing them for on eBay. Um, <clears throat> but I need to figure out what's that, what's that number, right? Where, where people are going to, you know, respond positively to a price point for something. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I was in a unique position because, Obviously, I, I love these ads. I have a history with them going back to the early days. I'm in the watch community. So, you know, I mean, I have, I'm a little bit, a little bit known in the watch community and I always have knowledge of watches. So I can distinguish, you know, which ads might be, you know, when it comes to pricing, I was able to kind of, hey, you know, all Rolex ads aren't created equal, you know, or, you know, this is a Nautilus ad versus a Calatrava ad or, um, and so, you know, I, th I thought I was in a good place to be a person to share them um, and also start to um, put, a, I don't know, get people to appreciate them and, you know, put a price on them that I thought they deserved, to be honest. Uh, you know, these are just really cool objects. I think ads are the next closest thing you can own to the owning the watch. There's something that you can visually interact with you know it's not like a, a booklet or something or papers that stay in a drawer or a book even you know there's so many great books out there on watches but what ultimately happens you look at them once and then they're on your shelf and you can't see the pages anymore right so you know my job is to rescue and find great condition pages that you can look at and enjoy um and you know there's a lot that goes into that and you know trying to figure out what's the you know, what's the right ad and how do we make it look amazing to, so you can really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always wanted to, to have a, 
I always wanted to work in watches, but it had to be on my terms. And I didn't want to be a watch dealer. Obviously, you know, I'm not a big fan of straps, so I'm not going to start a strap company. Um, and so, you know, selling ads sort of made sense. And, uh, you know, I just had to take a stab at it. And, and uh, you know, I've worked while I did this. It was kind of a side business as I worked. Because in the beginning, you don't really know how things are going to go. You know, you can't just quit your day job and, and, and do this. But, um, you know, after a, a year or two, um, I did ultimately quit my job. Again, it was in Chicago in the winter and it was really slow. There was nobody walking in the store I worked at. So I'm just standing around all day waiting for a customer to come in to, you know, buy a pair of shoes from me. Um, and, uh, and I was like, you know what, let me, you know, stop working this job and let me see if I can, you know, that eight hours a day I'm standing what if I spent eight hours a day looking for ads? What if I spent eight hours a day um, talking to people? What if I spent eight hours a day working on my Instagram? What if I spent eight hours a day, you know, taking photos or framing? Um, let's see what can happen. And, uh, you know, kind of the rest, it's history. You know, the rest, it's, it's, it was obviously one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, you know, it, it ranks up there with marrying my wife and having kids, you know, kind of a, you know, hopefully things that people will, will say are, good decisions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, please jump in and, and, and peel and, and well, it's so, it's so interesting to hear your, your story, right? It's really, it's a huge topic and, it, and I love talking about it, but I start going off on a lot of different tangents and, um, no, by all means, it's so interesting to hear your story though. And to hear you share, you know, kind of this, this, this history of how it got you to this point. Right. So, you know, well, we're kind of up to the point where we're now where, you know, it's 2017, you've started at Bettina, you know, I'm not going to get you to go into your trade secrets about where you find all these things. because I want people to buy them from you, not from where you're getting them from, but it's, you know, what, I guess, what is it about at Bettina that you think has made it so successful? What is it over the last few years that you think has really taken it to the, the, the level that it's reached and that, you know, keeps people coming back and has really made you that name in the industry for what you're doing? Well, I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that it's never one thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's obviously, you know, a lot of what I do, you know, it's, it's, I, I mean, I do do most the everything, but I mean, I, you can't do everything by yourself. I mean, I couldn't do it if you weren't helping me today, right? Like giving me the opportunity to be interviewed, you know, spreading the word. So it's a team effort always, obviously, you know, I definitely never want to, I never want to, I always want to kind of give credit to like, a, it's a community, you know, and it really is. I mean, I, my wife is super supportive, you know, my kids, you know, it just goes down the line with so many people. Um, but uh, I think, you know, to be, I don't know, I, I guess to be successful, um, you know, you got to find something you're passionate about, something you love. I think it really starts there. Um, and, you know, as I said earlier, I really love every aspect of this job. Um, and what's wonderful about kind of having to do a lot of the, a lot of the, the roles is that, um, you know, I never get like, I never get burned out. You know, if, if I, I can, I can spend time hunting, but if I'm kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore, I can switch and do something else. Um, but I love looking for stuff. I love the customer service, you know, talking to people, um, shipping stuff, packing stuff. Um, you know, working on Instagram, but yeah, I think it really just comes down to being passionate. And, you know, I come from, I think my intentions, uh, you know, starting this business um, come from a good place. I mean, I have that history. I, 
you know, with the ads on the wall. So it makes sense. And, um, you know, I started, when I started doing this, it was really about like using my judgment to, 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 to determine if an ad, you know, was cool or a good ad or a great ad. I don't have any background in advertising or, or business. I don't, uh, you know, an art background. I don't have any formal education that makes me an expert or authority on advertising, ad, print ads, magazines, etc. It's really just, um, it's just, you know, what do I react to visually? You know, what do I react to? Um, just, you know, is, is it a clever uh, headline? Um, it's, it's just kind of a feel thing. You know, it's hard to explain. Um, over, so in the beginning, I would just share an ad that I, I liked because if nobody wants it, then it's, it's my, I paid for it. It's my ad. I, I got to keep it, you know? So, you know, in the beginning, your, your, your inventory is a lot of like what you personally love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over time, there's been so much interest that obviously I know, I, I you know, I've heard from the, from the community, you know, what they want to see too. So mm-hmm. now when I'm buying ads and I'm hunting ads, obviously I'm always trying to, you know, fulfill, you know, replenish stuff that sells, um, find stuff that people are, are looking for. Um, and obviously always trying to find, you know, cool ads, things that are different, fresh. Um, so I, I think my success comes from, you know, to this day, it's, it's about, you know, sharing ads and having fun and trusting my gut. Um, I think, you know, what I'd still do, still do to this day is like every single, every single, um, person who's interested in an ad has to reach out to me, has to make an effort to like email me, send me a message on Instagram, you know, text me, call me. And every single, I give opportunity to every person to ask me any question, get on the phone, FaceTime, no matter what, if they're buying a $35 ad unframed or if they're buying something more expensive framed. Um, And I love to give I love to be open and to, and to have that, um, you know, relationship with, with every customer, you know, it's, I hate using that term, but it's just, you know, um, because, you know, they're fans of the ads they are people who appreciate the ads. Um, they're all walks of life, their girlfriends, their wives, their watch enthusiasts, their, you know, mega collectors. There's, you know, people who have, you know, car dealerships, people who have, you know, watch dealers, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm successful because I like what I do. And I think if you like what you do, you're, you're, you're the, 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 the effort you have to put in and the work that it requires, because, you know, a lot of, you don't see a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. A lot of people see the finished product on Instagram, you know, for example, or they see something on the website, which is never up to date, but I'm working on that. But, um, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of the fun stuff happens behind the scenes, you know, planning a project with somebody, you know, chasing down an ad for somebody. And, you know, it's, it's behind the scenes, those text messages, those, those photos that go back and forth, the phone calls, the DMs, the emails, you know, you just get, um, it's just such a good experience. And it's so, it's, it's like, it's like talking to friends all the time because you're trying to help people out. And I think, I'm a people person. I love to talk, as you can tell. And I have no problem being social and like, and, and I've got this 
product, you know, this object that I've found that I'm obviously passionate about. And um, it, it, it requires, I think, a lot of um, kind of handholding and, and explanation and education because there isn't, there isn't a place you can go to and read about like, you know, advertising, advertisements from a standpoint of like how you can read about vintage watches. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked briefly before you started recording, you know, you can listen to podcasts and read articles um, that feature watch dealers that watch dealers will tell you about their experience, um, you know, finding watches and, and grading a watch and, and evaluating condition and selling a watch. And I can do all that, but, but the ads are the focal point. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just important for me to give a lot of information and to share because I want people to see what I see when I have an ad in front of me. And in order to convey how I feel, you know, I have to give a, I have to deliver sort of a great experience to people or else it's not going to work. You know, like people are already sold on a GMT master, you know, like, but not necessarily on a GMT master ad. So, but I think they're equivalent in terms of enjoyment, you know, it sounds crazy, but that's just, you know, you're talking to, you know, a person who loves, you know, ads. And then, and, and so it's, it's, it's up to me to sort of, I, I, I tell people now, like I, my job is to um, advertise the ads, you know, these ads are no longer, I mean, I'm sure they are effective to some degree. I'm sure people, you know, may buy an ad for me that they, if they don't have the watch and the reason they're buying it is because it's their grail, you know, buy a 1016 Explorer ad because they want one, you know, I do. And uh, they hang it up on their wall and, you know, it's a placeholder until they get the watch. And then when they get the watch, now they've got this beautiful package. They've got the watch and the ad to go together. But, um, you know, the, this always happens. I forget what I was going to say. Well, I think, <laughs> I think there's an element. I mean, essentially, like if I were to kind of summarize what you've said, which I think you put it very eloquently already, but it's essentially like there's this, there's this degree of your passion, which is undeniable. I think anyone who's listened up to this point can hear that this is something you genuinely care about. And that's the kind of person you want doing this, it, it, you know, in the watch community, you know, it, it seems big and vast because there's a lot of collectors, but the actual infrastructure of people providing services within the community is actually quite small, which is nice because if, if you're the one that's, you know, if it's a small infrastructure, then you're the ones that are getting the majority of, of, of the profit and the attention if you're doing a good job. But that's not necessarily the, the, the point I'm getting. My, my point is that it's the passion. It's your drive and interest in having sort of a collaborative approach with the community. And what does the community want while also providing this value to the community? And additionally, the uh you know there's this sense as well of like no one's really doing what you're doing at the level you're doing it like you are the ad guy you talk about having no formal education in this in this realm and not being involved in advertising in any kind of way up to this point that's fine but at this point in time if someone were to try and replicate what you're doing you'd be the one to teach the course Right. Like, like that's, and that's kind of, you've created this niche for yourself in the gold rush of people wanting Rolex watches. You're the one selling the shovels to accompany the people right. that want the watches. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the passion is there, uh, obviously, you know, the watch passion, the, the ads. Um, I mean, I just love, you know, there's, there's something inside of me that loves art and loves visual. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it isn't just one thing, right. It's, it's really hard. Um, you know, my background is fashion retail. I worked at Nordstrom forever and it was a very customer oriented entrepreneurial, um, job. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, I succeeded at that job because I had a little entrepreneur in me and I loved customer service. And, you know, I wouldn't be successful doing what I do now if I didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, what it takes to run your own business or the level of customer service. I mean, it's natural to me to talk a lot, over explain and give everybody all of my attention. You know, I, I never give one word answers. I never, mm-hmm. I, I would never want someone to do that to me. And I would, and I'd never want to do it to them. Even if it's late at night, even if it's 1130 at night, I'm tired. You know, we have two kids. I'm doing a ton of stuff with the business. You know, if I get an email in, you know, I'm going to respond to it pretty quickly. And it isn't just going to be like, even if it's like, Hey, let me get back to you in the morning. It's been a long day. You know, I, I got to take pictures in the morning for you because it's too dark out right now. You know, um, it's just my nature and I don't want that to change. It's, it's, it's harder nowadays because I'm much busier. Mm-hmm. I get more, I get more inquiries. I get more people requesting stuff and I never want, I never want to not do some of the things I did on day one, on day, whatever it is now. Um, and that's one of the big challenges is, you know, how do I grow and grow? I, it's, that's a word that I don't like to use it because it's everybody kind of thinks like you want to like, I don't know, grow crazy. You know, you naturally want to like grow and grow can be for me. It can be, it can mean, you know, it can mean, you know, just trying something different of the business, you know, growing to me is like doing reels on Instagram, right? Like that's growing, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, obviously, you know, it's, you know, you want more people to know what you do and it's nice to sell more things and, and do good job finding things and framing things. Um, but yeah, um, God, I was going to say something else when you were, when you were chatting there. Now I forgot. Um, well, so what's, I guess, like, you know, we've seen the, the brand progress over the last little bit, right? I mean, you, you know, you, you went from offering these, these ads to, you know, kind of being through just through Instagram. Now you have a website and then it went from, you know, you're selling raw ads. Now you're selling them matted and framed as well as people want them. What, what is really like the next evolution then in your opinion or the next adaptation for Ad Patina that, you know, we can expect to see, or we're hopeful that we can see as the brand matures and progresses. Well, um, again, I'm every day. I'm thrilled that the ads are being received. Well, you know, again, I try to do my best to really show these the potential for an ad, you know, like these in the right condition, you know, understanding frame the right way they can be, they can be right up alongside, you know, a painting or a photograph. That you have in your home there they can be that they can they can be that um and that's what kind of where discussion takes place to make sure that it does achieve that that um that enjoyment you know factor um that it's equivalent but um you know the goal for me at this point is really it's i mean i still oh, i've been doing this five years and you know i still think it's there's so much opportunity and i'm encouraged every day by the repeat customers new customers, different types of customers that reach out to me from all from different parts. I mean, people reach out to me from I sell to people all over the world. So I'm really, you know, encouraged uh, just from the sheer demand um, and interest, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, mainly I do watch ads, you know, that's obviously my, my expertise. And by no means, you know, I'm, you know, I have a lot to learn still, um, a lot to find. Um, but, you know, watch ads has definitely been, I guess, how I've kind of made my name. Um, 
So I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe I sell 65% of my ads or watch ads. Um, you know, I do automotive stuff and mm-hmm. you know, I do some other lifestyle and, you know, luxury. And, um, but uh, I want to, you know, I want to share what I do with more people. Mm-hmm. And because I think if people are able to see these ads and see the variety, because there really isn't, this is, a, you know, w- what I offer is obviously a place where you can go to see a lot of options and talk to somebody in depth about something specific or a potential project or what is, what is possible. You know, it's, it's, it's great having those conversations with people who are just, who are enthusiastic and want to acquire an ad. Um, and you're kind of guiding them and, and, and kind of showing them the ropes and sharing with them my experience along the way you know, um, to help them make a good decision. You know, a lot of these things don't happen fast. Sometimes a project does come together quickly. Sometimes it takes months because we're waiting for something. Ads don't grow on trees. Um, there's a whole, you know, that's a whole nother conversation about availability and, and how that's changed and, you know, the future, which we're talking about now. But um, yeah, my goal is really just to share what I do. Um, I, I do have a passion for magazine pages and rescuing magazine pages. I think that's really what it, you know, it's funny the the business is called ad patina. It's not, it doesn't have any, it doesn't have the word watch in it. Right. And, and that wasn't by design, but I think in the, in the, for the future, that name is going to work well because you know, what I'm really, what I'm extra, what I'm overly passionate about or what I, I was passionate about watch ads in the beginning, but I've become passionate about saving great magazine pages and, mm-hmm. That could be an ad for another product, or it could just be a great image. You know, in magazines, sometimes there might be an article about Paris, and there's a page with a great image of the Eiffel Tower. You know, I want to take that page out and frame it because plenty of people would enjoy, I know I would, a great image of the Eiffel Tower in their home. Mm-hmm. And an original image, not a not a not a reproduction, not something somebody printed out on Etsy. This is an original page from a 1960 magazine where you get up close to it, you can, you can, you can sense and feel and breathe the vintageness just like you can with a watch up close. You know, when you look at an old Zodiac Seawolf, you know, you, you're in love with it a little bit because you can, there's something about it that's just that charm that's just oozing. And, you know, there's a market for that, that magazine page with a great image, but obviously it takes it takes an eye and hopefully I have a, a level of taste and, and eye because again, I don't want to just frame anything, you know, um, I want to kind of curate and be careful and, and select sort of things that I deem or I, I, or I love um, because that's kind of at the end of the day, it's, of course I listen to the market, but I, I it's fun to, it's fun to trust your instinct and then see that you have people out there who are like-minded, who like something the way you like it, or see what you see in something, you know, they, they see the same thing. Um, and, and, you know, there are some ads where I'm, I finally come around to them. It doesn't hit me at first. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is really great. I'm just realizing it now. Or there are ads that are um, underappreciated at the moment by, by the masses. And I think they're incredible. They're one of my favorite ads is I've never sold it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally five years and no one's ever bought this ad. And I think it's one of my favorites. Um, but um, and, and it goes back to also, uh, again, I remember now, um, I, I'll answer a little more future, but I'm going to revert back. Um, the passion comes from the, the nostalgia factor. So like this era of ads, even from like the 90s, is an era that doesn't exist anymore, right? Like going to a watch AD and seeing the whole 
a case full of watches. Um, so I love to kind of you know live in the past a bit, and and these ads allow me to exist in the current world, which is a little crazy, you know, but also keep me sort of grounded, and I get to live in that era that is you know I'm I'm older now, so I'm kind of like an old grumpy old man sometimes, you know. I, I like remember the way things used to be, you know, and um, and and so I think that's part of why I love what I do because every time I handle these magazines, every time I handle these ads, it's taking me back to a place in my life that was just different than my life today, you know. Um, I mean, I like my life today, but you know, getting older, you think about the past, and you know, so that's another reason I think that. Um, you asked earlier about, you know, why is Akpatina successful? I, I think that, you know, these ads, what they have embedded in them is beyond just like the watch they feature, right? It's, it's art. Mm. It's, um, it's this visual component. It's this business component, you know, behind it about, you know, um, creative people. Um, it's the nostalgia. Um, it's, it's the, 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 the human component, meaning like all the people I interact with. I mean, that, that energizes me and, and, and motivates me and, um, inspires me, you know, when I have people reach out to me and, you know, I sell an ad to somebody, you know, they're getting a gift for their dad. And then two months later, the dad emails me and says, Hey, I got this frame from my son. I really love it. You know, um, I, I have this other watch, you know, I want to get an ad to go with it. You know, that's, those are the kind of things that are like, that's what ad patina is all about, right? Like personal relationships with people getting on the same page, having a little conversation, making sure everybody knows, everybody's up front, everybody knows what they're getting, working on a project, and just having something kind of fun, you know, in your space. Uh, I always, I always tell people that, um, you know, I, I, I obviously, uh, you know, we have two kids, and I have lots of pictures of them in my phone, but mm -hmm. I have more pictures of, of watch ads in my phone, and, and that doesn't mean, that just, and I have a lot of pictures of my kids, so that just tells you how many pictures of watch ads I have. Watches are part of our life. You know, you, you have a, a little side business here that's centered on watches, you know, like mm -hmm. part of your life, you think about watches every single day. And so why not have a picture on your wall that, that represents, you know, watches are part of you, just like your family's part of you, just like a trip you went on 10 years ago, you know, influenced you. And, and you never want to forget that memory of that trip you took somewhere when you were in your twenties, you know, you know, I think that some of these ads, they can have that same, um, they, they, they're justified to kind of be on your wall for those same reasons. But um, I, I will start. So the future, I will, I'm, it's, it's really a lot of the same that I'm doing. Um, there are no radical changes coming to Ad Patina. Um, you know, I always struggle with how to manage the, 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 the interest and the demand and the increase with just being one person mostly. Um, but I do a good job at it. You know, I, I try not to get too high or too low. You know, there are weeks when things are crazy. And then there's weeks that, you know, it's a calmer week. Um, so everything kind of, you know, evens out over time. And everybody I will say that I interact with is very patient and very cool and very understanding. You know, I'm, I'm on front with everybody about time frame and expectations. So I never feel stress or pressure like, oh, I got to get this. You know, I, I'm in a position now where I can kind of dictate a little bit and say, hey, you know, this is going to take two weeks or it's going to take a little while to get this or, hey, you know, this is the price, you know. Um, you know, so it's nice that the point I'm in now, I can kind of control the, control the show a little bit. Whereas I think probably natural when you're just starting off, you've got to be a little bit more like quicker to respond and, and, you know, by no means am I slow to respond to people. And, and if I am, I always, you know, lead off with, Hey, sorry for 
sorry for the delay. You know, appreciate your patience. But um, I do want to I do want to start working with more ads than just watches. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the watch ads uh will always be a part of Ad Patina. But again, I have a background in fashion retail, so there are ads that are, you know, fashion or lifestyle oriented that I gravitate towards, and I can't I can't, you know, deny they're beautiful or and or other people are going to like this, right? Um, I'm doing an an, uh, an ad for someone now. It's it's like a, I don't think it's a 40s or 1950s a Campari ad, you know. And so like I mean, how many people have a bar cart at home and mm -hmm. like the a Negroni, you know? Um, you know, there's there's a market for that, right? Like I'm obviously I'm aware of what products people love and, and what we like to enjoy and or be or or have that as an aspirational. Um, so um, and I also I like you know I'm I'm a I'm a collector and a hunter, I guess, by nature. So I want the challenge of finding new and different things. I think that there's a lot of ads that there's a lot of ads I know exist that I haven't possessed yet. Mm -hmm. That motivates me for the future, right? There's so much that just the future is bright and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing just for the sheer fact that there's so much I want to find still to say I found it. But also I think what I'm doing, I'm uncovering a lot of ads that people maybe didn't know exist or um, just never have never gotten their shot at being, you know, spotlighted to get the, to get the recognition. A lot of ads, especially, I mean, all of them, especially older ones, you know, the, I would love the people behind these ads. I mean, it's somebody's life's work. They worked at an agency. That was their career. They were a copywriter. They were an artist an illustrator. And, you know, if, if we, if we, buy a, photo a photograph from a famous photographer or we buy a painting from a, a, paint a famous painter, you know, whether it's a, whether you go to the museum, the museum's gift shop and you buy a, you know, a Van Gogh print, you know, you're, you love Van Gogh's story and, and you love his art. You know, if I can put names to the, to the, to these ads, you know, so-and-so created this ad, or even if I can't, you know, somebody did a team of people, men, women sat in a conference room, went on a photo shoot, did all the things it takes to produce an ad. Um, you know, why shouldn't we celebrate that person's life's work the same way we, we, we enjoy an artist's, a, a traditional artist's work or a traditional, you know, photographer's work? I think you can. And I think that's sort of the goal. It's really like, let's get people to recognize these great ads because I don't think they, I don't think ads are as good today in print magazines. And I think advertising is different today. It's not the same. There's, there's advertising today, but it's in a different form. It's, it's on Instagram. It's an influencer. It's a video. It's, you know, it's, it just comes differently, you know, nowadays. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, just continue to hunt stuff, share stuff, um, and, and really start getting into some different, um, different categories. You know, I, I I'm not a car guy. I appreciate cars. Um, again, I kind of live vicariously through a lot of my customers and people who follow me and people who are always talking, I'm talking to in the, in the DMs. Um, you know, I'm always on the road looking at cool cars. Like, oh man, look at that Defender or look at that, look at that, you know, Ferrari and uh, look at that Porsche. Um, I don't think I'll ever own one, but um, you know, the, some of the ads are great. And I know, and, and there's such a great community of car enthusiasts, right? Like the Porsche community, the Range Rover community. Um, I, I know that there's people out there that, that love Porsche, love Range Rover, that don't know I exist. And if, if they can find out I exist, 
then I'll, I'll be able to meet people and be able to help them with their, their passion, get them something cool, something original um, that they can put on their wall. And they're getting it from somebody who's giving them all the facts, talking about condition. Let's frame it the right way. If you don't want me to frame it, that's okay. You know, you can buy it unframed. I can give you some ideas, some tips, because I do want them to be displayed ultimately, you know, nicely. I want them to be preserved. I don't want them to, you know, I don't want these ads to, to, to decay and to fade and to, you know, because maybe they, maybe they would become, you know, valuable someday down the line. And maybe you want to do something with it, resell it, take it out of a frame. And, you know, it's, it's about, you know, having, you know, conserving these ads and making sure that they, now that they've been rescued, I need someone to take good care of them. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they are paper, but, you know, they can still be handled properly and cared for properly and they can last a long time. I mean, I find ads all the time that are 50, 60 years old and look nine out of 10 condition and I'm a tough grader. So if they've, if they've lasted, you know, five decades, never being cared for just in a magazine, you know, in an attic and a box on a shelf. And now I get them. I mean, I handle these things. Like, I mean, there's a special way to hold it, touch it. You know, it's, it's an art to like handle a paper, you know, um, uh, I think that these great objects can be, can last a long time. And especially when you get them into s- someone's home or office that, that really, that has a connection to the product or the brand, they're going to take care of it too, naturally now. Um, let alone that they spent money on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, the future is just hunting. It's more of the same. It's, it's hunting ads. You know, it's, it's trying to figure out a better system to keep the website current up to date. Um, again, nothing is e-commerce. So it's really me just manually updating things, changing things. And it, it just, it just becomes a, there's a lot of steps involved to do all the parts of the business. And as much as I want to like work on stuff behind the scenes and sort of this vision, on the front end, I'm getting messages and emails and I have to take care of that stuff first. Um, a lot of my success, my success is, I think it's organic. Like I don't really ever go out and try to like, oh, let me do something with somebody. Let me collaborate with somebody. Let me, you know, I just let people kind of, I just kind of do my thing and kind of like see what happens, you know, and that's kind of always been my the way I've done things. And it's, it's probably not the way they would teach you in like an MBA program, but, uh, you know, you know, again, I'm just at the end of the day, I'm Nick and I have two kids and I love watches and I love these ads and, and everything surrounding them. And, um, you know, sometimes it's nice to just retreat into my own world and do my thing. And then at the end of the day, post something and then just see what happens. Right. Um, I think you framed it really well there. I think that's essentially just, you know, you're, you you I've explained so well the person behind ad patina, right? And I think that really is what's lending tremendously to the, the success past and continued of, of the brand. And I think that that's something that, you know, the community is happy to continue to, to reward and be a part of. And I think that that's absolutely huge. You know, you've shared so much with us over the last hour about yourself and about ad patina and how it operates and, I know that we could go into all sorts of technical details, and I think that would be something that I would absolutely love to do, um, you know, in a, in a future episode, even getting into, you know, Submariner ads, Daytona ads, other forms of, of, of watch advertising or, 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 or whatever, because I know you could get into so much detail, and I think that'd be really incredible to do, and I really want to do that sometime in the near future. I have one last question, because I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask, 
Yeah, I, I got. I have, I have. I have a little bit more time, so I mean, you can just we can you can ask more than one if you want. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure enough. Well, fair, fair enough then. Okay, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're you're running a, an important business here, but so then you know, I'm working all hours of the day, so it's fine as long as I'm, uh, you know, as long as I'm feeling the energy and that that gets me through. Gets that gets me through. Sure. So. so what I guess would you say then in that in that case, what would you say then is has been the biggest challenge for Ad Patina up to this point? You know, you've you've talked about obviously, you know, running it kind of as a sole proprietor and by yourself and and really, you know, the time management and and to match the amount of demand, but you know, from the ad point of view, like you you talked about how there's certain ads that are um, you know, no longer available or becoming really hard to find or things like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, or, and would you say that's really becoming one of the big, um, one of the big challenges for, for the, for your company is essentially like people want some of these ads that are just too hard to find now. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a, I don't know if a challenge is the right word. That's a reality mm -hmm. that, um, that sometimes I face. So I never like to say something's rare. I like to talk about things, uh, in terms of availability. Um, and there are a number of ads, I don't know, maybe three dozen ads where availability is, is, um, is unpredictable, I guess. Mm -hmm. you know, I could get three of them tomorrow or I could go six months or a year without it. Mm. And, you know, inevitably those, those particular ads are also in demand. Mm -hmm. They stand out, people want them because of the watch because of the i don't think it's just because of the watch i think it's because of the whole package you know the imagery the ad the era the you know like for example there's one ad that's very popular um it's an explorer ad that has um a gentleman riding a bull and it's, mm -hmm. it says if you were you know if you were riding in calgary you know you'd wear this watch mm -hmm. and it's a very it's especially with uh, people who are, who are north who are north of the border it's a very you know it's a very popular ad um and um, I, I mean, it's just the truth. I'm lucky if I find one per year. Um, I don't know when I'll ever find another one right now. It's, it's in such a unique publication. Um, there could be a zillion of those publications out there still, but they're not surfacing at the moment, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of reasons. And so I'm never gonna, that, that ad, I'm not gonna say it's rare. I have every right to say it's rare because, you know, when you find one per year, that probably qualifies, but um, I want to be, I want, I just want to say that, you know, it's, it's just really hard to get really. And um, so, you know, and there's a lot of ads like that. And again, it's, it's a challenge because you want to, you want to make everybody happy and you want people to enjoy the ads, obviously, but I have to respect that some of these ads are becoming very, I don't know, coveted, people want them mm -hmm. and they're hard to get. And I don't sell reproductions and I never will, you know, mm -hmm. just because, you know, yeah, I could probably make a nice copy of some of these and sell them for, you know, 50 bucks a piece and crank them out. But that's, that's not, I don't, I don't like that at all. That's not my style. I, don't, I want original things, you know? Um, and also, you know, I, I think it just makes it more special when you know that only three people have this at mm -hmm. the moment in the world that we know of, you know? Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it becomes a challenge when, you know, it's, it's a little frustrating for me when I can't make everybody happy sometimes because I want to. And, you know, I have to sort of 
you know, pricing changes on things over the years and changed a lot on certain ads. You know, certainly there's, I always have to tell some people, you know, there's a, you know, there's a number of ads now that are outliers. <laughs> I kind of call them where they don't fall into the normal framework of pricing. And because they're just, they've proven themselves over time now to be great ads for a number of reasons, right? Maybe it's just visual, maybe it's collector, collector, uh, you know, gene, um, people see something and it's, it's wonderful to see certain ads get this recognition finally, because, you know, for years they were just a page in a magazine and they were flipped and never thought of again. And to be able to give this platform to these ads, and again, going back to giving it to the agency and to the, to the copywriters, you know, even though I don't know their names and that's something that I do want to work on, that's a challenge, you know, not being able to get the proper education because I'm so busy finding stuff and helping people, right? Like I can't, there's only so much, so many hours in the day. And that's, that's, that's definitely a challenge. You know, how do I get to everything? I can't, what do I, how do I prioritize things? Mm -hmm. That's tough for me. Cause I want to, I want to give everything. It's just, it's, I want to give everything. It's time. I don't want to shortchange anything, but inevitably with it being mainly me and two kids, um, you know, I can work 10 hours a day and still not get to everything, you know, mm -hmm. and I probably do work 10 hours a day. I mean, I say work, but you know, sometimes it is a bit, a bit of a work. Sometimes it's just, you know, having fun, you know, looking mm -hmm. through magazines or buying stuff, you know, but, um, so yeah, uh, you know, challenges, you know, come with pricing some of the har more harder to get ads that have a lot of demand, because again, I want to be fair. I want people, everybody to be able to enjoy these, but it has become a, it has become they've become more popular and more collectible. And I have to recognize what I have in front of me, what I've sold it for in the past. You know, you know, someone reached out to me the other day for an ad because, you know, it says on my site, you know, it's sold out, you know, email to reserve. And I let them know, I was like, hey, you know, I, I just had it. Um, I don't get it very often. Um, when I do get it, I frame it right away and I only sell it framed. Um, and this is the last one I sold, this was the price you know, give people all the information. And it's, it's hard. Like, I, I would love to tell that person, oh, you know, yeah, I can, when I, next time I get, it, it's yours. You know, mm -hmm. I have to tell somebody, well, it's yours if you want it framed. And if, and this is the price, you know, I don't like, I don't always like having to, 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 to say something like that, you know, because that's not my nature, mm -hmm. but it's kind of gotten there. And it's a good thing that it is that way, because I think in any market, you do need these outliers. You need, I mean, it's like that in the watch market, right? There's, you know how many watches I'd love to have, but I can't get them mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, right? Like it's aspirational. It's something to shoot for. It's something, you know, maybe you start somewhere and then you get, you get there. Um, it's just the reality of life, how things are, especially when it's a good, a good product. I don't know, a good market, um, mm -hmm. a good community. I mean, I have a very well-rounded community that is interested in the ads, which is nice. Um, so yeah, that, that's a challenge, you know, how, how to continually deal with supply um, when to sell something, when to hold on to it. I mean, there are some things that I just have that I just won't, I won't sell at the moment because I only have one of them. And if I, if it's gone, you know, it's my job to kind of archive these and have great examples because I don't know what the future is for them. You know, I know everybody who owns them. If I needed to buy something back, I probably could. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe that person wouldn't part with it and that would be great. They're like, nope, I love it too much. I'm keeping it. Sorry. You know, that'd be the ultimate, like, you know, that's awesome um, to know that somebody's, you know, enjoying it still. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a challenge with anything, but you know, with, with challenges, you obviously figure out sometimes talking about the challenges is the best 
is, is the most fun to talk about because you have to be able to um, overcome them and figure out different ways to do things, you know? Um, and obviously I, you know, I don't rely on like five ads to carry the business, right? Like, you know, the nice thing about what I do is I have, and, and also the challenge is that I have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it harder because I have to buy more, spend more money on more ads. You don't, you know, they'll sell, but you don't know when they'll sell, but you have to have them on hand because at any given time, somebody could want this or that or this or that, um, you know, so it, it, and it creates more work, right? If you have more stuff on hand, more inventory, there's more stuff to take pictures of more stuff to list. But at the same time, I love having a lot because I love showing variety on Instagram. I love being able to help people who want, you know, not just a Rolex ad, um, because, you know, uh, it's just, so that's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a challenge. Um, but it's just, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you handle it? How do you face it? How do you, how do you look at it as, as, as a positive, you know, not like, oh shit, um, you know, what do I do? Um, you know, I, of course, I'm sure anybody who runs a business or has a job where they have some sort of like, I don't know, managerial or director role, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll point to a number of situations where they were like facing a problem and, you know, by solving it, things got better, you know, um, things improved. Um, it's just part of kind of being your own boss and being an entrepreneur is, you know, no one is coming to save you or fix this problem for you. Right. You got to be the one to figure it out yourself. I don't want things to go wrong, but I also embrace when something doesn't go quite right to be able to like rise to the occasion and make something right. You know, I think that that's really important when you have a business, you know, when something doesn't go right, um, it's like the customer's always right. You know, it's like, you just, you don't, you know, you, you just, you go over and above to make sure that whatever happened, whether it's your fault or not, that it, it doesn't impact the customer experience at all. If anything, it enhances it. Like, holy shit, I didn't think this would be his solution. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, you always want to like wow people. And I think that's, you know, when I worked at Nordstrom, that was always a big thing, you know, giving great service, doing above and beyond, doing more. And I think that that's in your blood or it's not. You're either going to want to do a ton of extra work and go do things the hard way, which is how I do things, you know, or you're going to like, you know, take a shortcut, try to be efficient, um, look at the pennies, you know, like I don't, I don't look at that stuff. I look at the person in the big picture, not, oh my God, what's, you know, you know what I mean? It's really about everything I do is about, you know, making sure that it's kind of sustainable for like the next month and two months from now. And whether that's, and that's obviously doing, doing a good job with customers so that, you know, everything, it is organic. It is word of mouth. It is people sharing their experience because again, nobody just went to my site and put it in a cart and checked out. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a real live experience with me. And I love it that way. And part of me doesn't want to grow to the extent where I can't offer that, that, that personalized service, because I think what I do needs it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I deal with all the normal challenges people deal with, you know, like time management and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm a perfectionist, right? And so it's really hard to be dealing with paper and mm-hmm. when you're a perfectionist, because paper is fragile. Every paper is a different quality. Um, some paper's thicker, some paper's thinner, paper frame, all papers frame differently. Framing is something that's all it's done by hand. I'm, a machine is not framing things, right? So this is, this is somebody, this is, you know, I work with a framer, but I do a lot of the prep work and designing and it's kind of a team, you know, we kind of share responsibilities, but you know, 
I'm trimming ads all the time. And so it's a human hand cutting your ad sometimes. And so, you know, being a perfectionist, you know, if I'm, if I'm off a 64th of an inch, like I notice it, right. And it didn't mm-hmm. at me, but no one's going to care because it's so minute. So it's that challenge of like learning how to kind of like allow yourself some, just allow for error. And when you own a business, you know, everything's riding on every experience. You know what I mean? It's not like I work for a company and eh, I can mail it in today. I don't really have to be, I can kind of sleep at my desk. I'll still get paid. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't have that luxury. And I love that pressure. I love that, um, that feeling of, Hey, I better, you know, when I wake up in the morning, like have my coffee. Okay, let's go. What are we going to do today? You know? And, and, you know, some days go great. And some days I'm like, Oh, I hate that picture I posted on Instagram. God, it's horrible. Nobody thinks that, but I do. Right. Because you're your own worst critic. So I think that's just a, a common thing that people probably find as a challenge. Just how do you, how do you exist how do you do your job without with giving yourself like cutting yourself some slack? You know what I mean? Not letting, not letting quality, you know, fall by the wayside or whatever, but knowing that like, you know, it, it, perfection is really hard and especially, you know, it's just, it's unachievable, but, but you want to strive for it. I think striving for it is my goal. You know, you know, I always strive for a 10 out of 10. Some things turn out nine out of 10, which is really good still. <laughs> um, I think you bring up an interesting point as well, like with people being their own worst critic, right? I mean, that was one of the things I had to really get used to with with doing this and being pod and doing podcasting is like you realize how quickly you hate the sound of your own voice, right? <laughs> and it's like you just you can't even you can't even listen to it anymore after a certain point because you're just like, oh my god, or like the way you ask a question or the way you frame something, or you might notice that you had like a certain tick or something in conversation that you weren't aware of before until you listen back to it, right? So I, it's part of like just understanding that you know this that level of criticizing yourself is it's meant to be sort of uncomfortable and it's you know it's so much more magnified in your own mind than it necessarily is in in, in person right so i think that that's you know or, or to the to the third party observer rather so i think that that's something that you know you bring up a really interesting point and sort of the pressures and that go on inside your head when you're trying to be a creator or you're trying to be an entrepreneur yeah what? i mean there's a lot of there's instagram challenges there's oh, yeah. like you know, what do I, what do, how do I, you know, what, what, what is my take on Instagram? How do I approach this? You know, how do I balance my website? You know, people finding out about me through the website versus finding out about me through Instagram versus word of mouth, you know, you know, just, just the normal business stuff, right? Like you have to think about now because it's a business. It isn't just some side hustle hobby. It's a real thing that I, I, you know, it, it's, it's something that, you know, you want to do a good job at and you want to keep doing it. Um, but, you know, overall, it's, it's really great. I mean, like anything, you know, you're always self-evaluating, you're always self-aware. Um, I think you have to come to a point where, you know, you, you have to just do your best. And there's always, I always, you know, I tell my son, you know, tomorrow's a new day. You know, if you had a tough day, you know, if you had a rough dinner, you know, he didn't get a snack, you know, hey, tomorrow's a new day, man. You can start tomorrow, you know, and, you know, it's the same thing, same thing with me. Um, you know, there's plenty of times when, you know, I'm riding high and everything's clicking and things are just flowing. And then there's some times where it's just like, oh, you feel like you're in a rut. You're just like, I don't even know what to post today. Like, uh, you know, what do I do? Yeah, those are all very common things. I think everybody, I, I, I wish that more people who, I wish more people would disclose that stuff and talk about that stuff. You know, like the struggles that go on behind the scenes, the real life, because sometimes, you know, 
what you see is not always what's not always reality, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's great when you have a podcast like this where people can see the person, can see inside their space. Um, you know, this is one of the bedrooms in our home and it's, you know, my workspace. And, uh, you know, this is where I do a lot of advertising, where I take pictures and, you know, have a lot of inventory. Um, you know, the basement is where all the packing goes on. And, um, and, you know, a lot of times people think it's like some big operation. It's funny when someone messages me, they're like, hey, at Patina and team. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's really just me. Um, you know, my framer, he's great. Um, his name is Paul. and We've worked together for years. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without him. Um, you know, he's learned a lot along the way. And so have I. He's, I've taught him a lot and he's taught me a lot, you know, um, and I want our relationship to continue. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it, it, there is a team, but, you know, um, but it's, you know, I don't know what percentage of the stuff falls on me, a lot of it, but, um, no, it's, it's, it's great. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love someday in the future to have like a dedicated, like, you know, space for Adba team that's not in our home or have somebody work with me. Uh, you know, those are all like really amazing, um, goals, you know, do they make sense for Adpatina? I don't know. You know, they might not make sense. You know, it's, it's all about figuring out what does growth look like to you? What does success look like to you? You know, do you want a work-life balance? I mean, the challenge for me is that there's so much I could be doing for Ad, with Adpatina, but I have a family too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I don't always want to. I mean, I, I do always want to work. <laughs> I love my kids and, and, and the business equally. And, you know, that's saying a lot because I really love my kids, right? Like, I don't, I don't ever want to like, Oh, it's five o'clock. I'm done with work today. I'm not answering any more messages. You know, it's, I love getting messages late at night from someone in Singapore or Australia and, you know, um, waking up to messages from people who I, you know, I send a message to somebody in the UK when I go to bed and I wake up and there's a message, there's an answer from them in the morning, you know, um, I love being busy. And so, um, you know, these ads allow me to be busy to make a living. And, uh, I try to do a really, I try to do a really good job. And, uh, so I'm going to try to keep it up. Well, I think you're definitely achieving that and you're definitely, you know, providing so much value to this community and your passion shows and your passion shows in the work and in the product that you're delivering as well too. And I think that there couldn't be a better steward for these uh, adverts and, and a better person to be generating a business around this that, that, you know, is able to provide this value to the community, but also really cares about the preservation and the passion behind these adverts as well too i mean i'm i'm one piece of this puzzle and it obviously does it really does it sounds cliche or whatever but it really does take like a lot of people to to make someone or some business successful it just Mm -hmm. doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen all by yourself um and so again i'm continually you know just you know thrilled with the the response from people and it it encourages me and it makes me want to work harder and uh, I, I have a lot to learn still. I have a lot of ads to find still, and I have a lot to learn about print, print advertisements and magazine publication and history and agencies. And I want to get to all that. And it's really great when I get, you know, all the response because it, it, do, it does motivate me to not lose sight of, you know, the bigger picture, which is, you know, kind of telling the story of advertising as well. You know, people, you know, I want people to just appreciate them just as a simple visual, right? Like you don't need to think too hard about it. Just let's just look at it and just be 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 in awe of it. Make make you smile. But um, but I do love. There is a lot of stuff to really go deep with these ads. It's just like any ad. You can 
you can look at an ad and there are mentions of people in there, places, and you can go and research those people and places and learn a whole lot, right? You know how much I know about auto racing that I never knew before because of ads that mention the 24 hours of Daytona or Le Mans or Monaco, you know, like, mm-hmm. and see people's enthusiasm around F1 and around Porsche. Um, I'm more aware of those, of that history. I'm more aware of those, those, those cars. Um, I'm more aware of what people love and it's all thanks to the ads. So again, I could, you know, we could do a whole show on, you know, why people buy ads, why people like ads. And I'm fortunate to get, I get to know everybody and I get to know the reason they buy it because they're addicted to F1 or because they love a a particular watch, um, you know, model because, you know, they remember seeing this ad when they were younger. Um, uh, And so, yeah, there's a million directions that that these ads can go that you, you know, that you, that you can go down and um, it, it's fun to be part of something that has so much potential and so much opportunity. Um, so yeah, I think the future is bright. It's just a matter of me um, just keeping it up, which, you know, I, I'm doing, man. I got, I got, I got some fun stuff in the works for the rest of this year. I have a big collaboration with a, with a, with a well-known watch, uh, watch dealer. Um, so that, Hopefully should be all coming together in October. So I've been working behind the scenes on that. Um, so, you know, that'll kind of, and it'll be an opportunity for me to, you know, be in front of people like I did at the wind up, you know, like this sort of podcast, really, I'm in front of people talking to people right now. It's, it's different than um, uh, just hearing a voice, you know, without a face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I relish any opportunity to talk to people, you know, usually it's just on the phone, but uh, you know, in October, I should have a chance to, you know, get in front of people and kind of have, you know, people come up to me and talk to me and have the ads right there so I can point things out and show things to people. Because it is something, it is, it is, it adds, it, it really helps when you, if you decide if you don't have any sense of, of the ads, you know, you see them on Instagram or, or the internet and, you know, they look, I try to take real pictures, you know, nothing too crazy. I try to, I try to have my photos be a mix of, you know, you see what you're getting. And also there's a little bit of, making it look nice too, you know, um, you know, with potential, but, um, I think nothing beats seeing it in person, right? Like that's like anything, right? Like there's so many watches you would never give a second, a second look to when you see it on someone's wrist on a picture because they didn't take the picture, right? You know, it looks too big or it's, it's too shiny. Then when you see it in person and, and under natural light, you know, having coffee, you're like, wow, this watch is, this watch is really nice. This dial hits really nice. It's beautiful. And so, um, you know, a lot of times people don't have an experience with the ads and until they buy something and, you know, at that point they bought it, you know, but, um, so it's nice to do an event where people can see things even before they bought anything and, and be even more informed to that level to make a decision. Oh, wow. This is really nice. Well, I get it now. Like, this is something really cool. You know, this, this artifact, it's like going to a museum and seeing, you know, an old declaration of independence behind glass, and, but an ad is much cooler than that. <laughs> um, I think. What, uh, you know, I guess my, my final question, uh, just as we kind of move into our, our closing segment here the, of the podcast, if you want me, is if I, if I, uh, like I said, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, what is your favorite advert and why? Yeah, so that's a good question. So I kind of, I, I mentioned it before, I didn't tell you the specific ad, but uh, so we all love, I mean, there's a lot of reasons people love ads or are interested in ads. Let's say I won't use the word love because maybe they're not as obsessed like me. But, um, and so one of the reasons I'm drawn to ads is the nostalgia. And so again, I, I kind of uh, first encountered ads in the 90s. 
And also, you know, my whole back, my whole work history is retail, working in stores, department stores. You know, when my wife and I were dating a long time ago, you know, we would go on dates to like different boutiques and go shopping. And, you know, my wife was buying, you know, we were buying like expensive shoes and clothes, should have been buying watches back then, <laughs> but because uh, we don't have those clothes anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I have a really, I have a fondness for, I call them retail ads. So they're ads that are um, show the retail setting um, rather than just like an ad that spotlights a watch. Mm-hmm. So there's an ad, um, it's, it's a Tourneau ad. So Tourneau is a watch uh, boutique, a watch store. Um, I'm, I think they're still around. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a Tourneau ad and it's an ad that has, um, maybe if there's a way for you to like put a photo of it up later, I can send you a photo. I don't know if you can uh, cut to a photo of the ad, but um, it's basically a, an ad with a lot of watches in it, right? It's got, uh, it's got heavy hitters. It's got a Royal Oak. And this ad is from 90, 91. So it's got a Royal Oak, A series, probably a B series, just, you know, and definitely a 54.2. It's got a Daytona, vintage Daytona. It's got a Submariner with a date. Um, but it also has an Ebel, it has like a, t- a Cartier tank, it has a Lady Datejust, it has small watches, women's watches, it has men's watches, it has Grail watches, it has all, it has all these watches. And these are all watches that you could have walked into a Tourneau in the 90s, and they had a vintage department, a display case with vintage restored watches, and they were all available, and they weren't, they weren't special the way they are today. Right, they weren't like lusted over. They weren't. People didn't like go to sleep dreaming about them, you know, like I do. Uh, it was it was very it was I imagine back in 1991 that the the collector group for watches was much smaller, and um, you know you probably could have walked into, you know, the Torno back then and bought that Daytona for you know six grand, um, which you know was probably a little bit more than a a. a, a, a the 16520 sold for back then, you know, a little premium maybe. But um, yeah, I just, I love that ad because it's retail. So it speaks to my work history, going into, you know, going into stores. Cause I do remember going into Torno back in the day, seeing vintage watches in the, in the case, never giving them a second look because I wasn't into vintage. You know, one of the great things about Instagram is uh, I, I learned about vintage watches. I became, you know, I, I would have never gone down that road had I not, been on Instagram, right? So as much as there's, you know, a lot of like, oh, Instagram, you know, it's, you know, it's the worst thing. Um, gosh, you know, my tastes have been influenced in a positive way. Um, not to mention all the people I've met, of course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that ad, it's, it's really, you know, again, I've never sold it. No one's ever bought that ad. Um, but I think it's a wonderful ad. It's, it's just, it, it takes me back to, to a time that doesn't exist anymore but not so far back that I did, I wasn't born, you know, like, yeah, the sixties don't exist, but I wasn't even born then. So I don't have as much, I can appreciate a lot of 1960s ads and I love many of them, but that ad from the nineties, like literally I, I could have, I could have gone into that store having after having seen that and, and inquired about, Hey, Hey, a salesperson, I'd like a, you know, use Rolex. Um, and um, yeah, it's just the, the retail connection because that's my work. That's my work experience. And then um, just a, a, a watch that is very visually stimulating. You know, it has a lot of watches in it, which and, and a variety it has women's watches, brands that most of us maybe maybe don't know or would never consider alongside the heavy hitters. And so I love that it has that inclusion. I think that's a really important 
part of that ad why I love it. Um, it's just very stimulating. It just it it takes me back, you know, in time, and it also there's just so much good stuff to look at and to um and to pull from it. And it you know it's it's in color. Um, so yeah, that's that's just one that that comes to mind when you say like you know what's a favorite ad of yours. Um, I have so many, obviously for for different reasons. Um, I knew I knew I had to limit it to one, or else we would have had a whole other podcast we would have gone went into. <laughs> it changes, you know. It's 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 really hard. Um, there are so many ads. I mean, I don't know. I probably I probably handle you know fifteen hundred ads or something in my in my time doing this, and um, you know it's hard to narrow down. Like, what are your ten favorites? You know, they're probably going to be not the ten most popular. You know, I'll tell you that because I think that when you when you go after an ad especially when you're going to frame it and put it in your home, it has to be personal. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to, I mean, yeah, sometimes you want to just hang stuff to have like one of, you know, you want a Royal Oak, you want a Nautilus, you know, want a Submariner. And, and cause those are just Mount Rushmore. Those are just really, you know, important, important designs. Um, but I think, you know, it's nice when people are purchasing also because they've got something to go along with you know good you know another reason beyond and beyond that you know um, um there are there are many ads that i that i love and i would have in my home and i would i would not own the watches maybe because a i just couldn't afford them or b they're just not my taste but i love the look of them in the ad i think sometimes it's like the reverse sometimes you see something on instagram on someone's wrist and it looks terrible but in person it's beautiful sometimes it's the reverse with an ad the way it's photographed and the way it's displayed the watch looks beautiful in the ad but in person, it's too small or it's too shiny, you know, but in the ad, it's beautiful. So sometimes you just want like, uh, you know, sometimes you just want an ad because it's just a beautiful ad, whether you like the watch or not. And that's the beauty of the ads. It allows you to own a watch without owning a watch, whether you just can't because it's, un- it's unattainable or you just, you know, you're not going to own an ellipse, but there's a lot of great ellipse ads out there for, you know, um, it's a fun ad. There's lots of color. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's always fun to find something and, and share it. It's kind of the, it's kind of the formula, find it, share it. And, um, and then just start talking to people and, and make make a project happen. Well, I think it's been working really well for you up to this point. I'm very excited to, to see where this goes for you going to the future. And, and as well as, you know, I'd love to have you back on the show again, to talk more about ads, about specific uh, brands, you know, more of your favorites and really kind of get into more of the nitty gritty details. I think that'd be uh, fantastic to have you back on before uh, we, we kind of move into our, our closing part here. What are some of the landing spots where people can find you chat with you? I know you mentioned there's quite a few different ways people can, can interact with you. Can you mind sharing them so people can, uh, if they have any questions or are interested at all from listening to this, they can reach out to you. Yeah, so I would say the 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 easiest way is um, through Instagram on Ad Patina. Uh, you can just send me a message. Um, there's a website adpatina.com, and there's plenty of places on the website where you can click a button to email me. Um, the website is a, a, a constantly a work in progress. It's really a good gallery to see you know just about everything I've come across. Um, whether something's available or not, that's where you email me and ask. You know, hey, is this a Mariner ad? available uh, and then I'll go into you know detail with you um, so yeah I, I would say those are the two main ways to get in touch and then um, yeah once you kind of reach out we'll just kind of figure out what's the best way to chat going forward we can just we can just make a 
big you know chain of emails or we can hop on a phone call it really depends on on the person and the project um you know there's some projects that are very straightforward and very easy and they can be handled pretty quickly and there are some um some projects some orders that are more complex because mm -hmm. i want i want to pause somebody and tell them about something about the ad um because it's important for them to know something about it the condition or you know hey it's not gonna it's gonna be hard to frame or you you know you might want to think of having like me do it this isn't just an easy one you can just go buy a frame and put it in which is that's not the case with most ads it's really hard to just buy a frame and just pop it in uh, for it to look the way i like them to look because it's important to showcase them you know a certain way uh but yeah i mean pretty much just instagram or, or a website i mean it's adpatina.com adpatina um and then yeah we'll go from there I try to get back to everybody quickly especially if people have, you know, very like direct questions that are, you know, easy to answer, you know, when someone, sometimes someone will, you know, they'll be like, you know, um, what's the banner ads you have? And it's, you know, it's like, kind of wish that they like went to the website first and answered that question for themselves. But, you know, I'll reply back and I'll let them know, hey, if you've been on the website, you know, I'll give them a link and, you know, I'll, I'll do that. But, uh, but yeah, just be patient. You know, I, I again, I try to get back to everybody, and and if it's a couple of days, you know, I haven't forgotten. Um, it's on my list of things to do. You know, just like you know, getting here together with you. You know, it's something I wanted to do, and I appreciate the opportunity. And um, you know, it happens when it happens, um, because you know, things are happening, and can't always stop and uh, and do something. I wish I could get to everything, and I wish I could like read every article, watch every, listen to every podcast, but it's just. Sometimes I need a break from watches, to be honest. <laughs> sometimes, you know, honestly, like when I pack stuff, I'm, you know, sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes it's just I'm in silence packing because I just need to like think, you know. Um, so, you know, working in watches all day um, in order to not get burned out, sometimes I need to just not do it. And uh, so, but yeah, it's just, you know, choices we have to make every day, what we're going to do. For sure. I'll be sure to drop uh, those links for people to contact you in the description boxes on YouTube and then also on uh, the description box for the podcast platforms as well. Likewise, for myself, anyone has any questions, comments, feedback, or would just like to start up a conversation, feel free to shoot me an email at ricoswatchespodcast at gmail.com. Additionally, you can reach out to me on Instagram at ricoswatchespodcast. Uh, it's generally the central hub for the show. Follow along for updates, occasional giveaways, wrist shots. It's just a great place to kind of enjoy the central hub of the show and chat and have conversation. If you're enjoying the uh, show on across the various audio mediums in which it's available and would like to enjoy this episode or many of the 90 plus other episodes now uh, in a video medium, head over to the Rico's Watches Podcast YouTube channel. Just be sure to like, subscribe, hit the bell icon, leave a comment, all that stuff that helps with the algorithm. It's greatly appreciated so that the show can continue to reach more people. Nick, it's been fantastic chatting with you today. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor having you on the show. Honestly, it's been so cool to chat with you and kind of learn so much about you and the person behind this this sort of iconic brand within the watch community and, and honestly i think that you're you're doing such an amazing job and anybody who listens to this is going to want to continue on uh, with supporting you or take the opportunity to support you i think that you know you're doing everything the right way for the right reasons you know and i think that that's something that definitely we want to continue to reward and and see more of in this community so truly thank you for taking the time to come on the show thank you for taking the time to share so much about yourself and about Appetino with us today yeah thank you for the words um 
the support. And uh, obviously, I always tell people, thanks for listening to me ramble on. Um, I'm always down to chat and, and talk ads. So anybody that's got you know feedback or old magazines to sell me, send me a message. Sounds good. Absolutely. You take care, Nick. Here's a wonderful afternoon. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.